Hi, I'm Thomas Russo, and you are listening to the A Space. Oh, what a way to finish! It's a second match point saved! As Thomas Russo hammers an A sir. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the A Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV, where every week we catch up with a legend of the game. Uh, it is my great pleasure today to welcome back Thomas Rousseau. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm very good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm very, very well indeed. And back from his trip home to Canada, we have CV's very own Dan Manili. Hello. Thanks, Dave. Had a nice trip, but glad to be back and glad to be uh, back podcasting. <laughs> I bet you are back in Luxembourg at headquarters where big decisions are made. Uh, Thomas, I see you're still um, you're still back home in your home country, if you like. But exciting news. I see that it's official. You've signed your contract. So today, in honor of you going back to Poland, we're going to talk about playing in Poland, if that's cool with you. Great. Yeah, sure. Um, I tell you what, though. It's really exciting to know you're going to be going back there. But for you, with the sort of contract situation for, for a lot of players, you must be very pleased to have kind of wrapped that up and, and know where you're going to be next season. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a, a very hard moment for a lot of uh, players for the moment with the corona crisis. Um, and I've had a lot of uh, talks with friends that were, uh, you know, kind of stressing, uh, stressing out, freaking out about like, you know, okay, what, where am I going to play next year? What am I going to earn? This and that. So, um, yeah, for me, honestly, uh, I, I'm really happy to like be able to stay in Poland uh, in a great team and to come out of the situation in this like kind of like crisis in a in a positive way. Mm. And how many seasons in Poland is this now? It seems like it's been a while. Yeah. So I've uh, so first I played in. Um, Three years in the Rusalaga when I uh, started my professional career, so in Belgium. Then I went to Monza to Italy one year, then to Friedrichshafen to Germany. And then uh, I went to Poland and I've been playing in Poland ever since. So it was one first season in Olsztyn, then the second season in Katowice, and then last season in Rusovia, and now I'm going to Suwałki. Um, so I've been uh, kind of going around uh, Poland but because I just, I, I love to play there so much. and for volleyball is just, uh, for me, the best place to be for the moment, personally. Yeah, because your, your volleyball CV is amazing. When, as, as you mentioned, the, the journey you've taken, Belgium, Italy, Germany, then Poland. Yeah, yeah. Why, was, why did you decide that, that Poland was the right move for you? What was the, what was the original draw? Well, so... Um, Actually, when I was younger, I always admired Polish volleyball a lot. Um, I also remember, like, one um, summer I went to Poland, like, for the World League at the time um, to, like, to watch Poland play, the national team of Poland against Brazil, against Finland, they were uh, against Canada. There were a couple of really amazing teams. It was in Katowice. And the atmosphere was just insane. Like, I... I have videos that are still even on my Facebook and stuff because I was I was still pretty young and I was uh, always um, you know looking up all those videos and stuff and in Poland they've always been really good with um, with like broadcasting games but also making all these like highlight videos from fans and 
whatever. So there was always a lot of attention on like the Polish volleyball. And then I also, we played the European Championship of Juniors in uh, Poland as well. And those were just all like great experiences, uh, kind of to get a taste of like what it is to be a player in Poland. Even when you were like a junior, um, you got a lot of like fans, but you also got a lot of media attention and stuff. And it was just, you felt really appreciated as a volleyball player. So that was one factor for sure. And then also when I started playing in Poland, I, I kind of like found out that it was really um, a competition that I felt like I fit in pretty well technically, you know. The style of playing um, is, is very technical, very uh, variated in a sense, um, as opposed to, for example, in Italy where um, it was, um, it's more physical in a sense, in my opinion, where serves are uh, are from from the highest level i think in in europe maybe maybe in the world um and it's more like a physical game of, of like bringing the reception up and like playing on those high balls and stuff because there's so much service pressure where in poland there's way more variety for example when it comes to the service where you have every player is capable of like doing like short services and then they change from flow to spin to this and that and also in spiking um it's just more like a different style of playing in my opinion um which i really like you know and i felt like i fitted pretty well with that style of play um so yeah that's also a big reason technically why i like to play in Poland because of the style of playing well dave how did you like that technical explanation that was absolutely so so what was i was awesome. trying to do yeah incredible so what i was trying to do was tee you up to say what were your expectations and then i wanted to ask you sort of what the what the reality was based on that but but it sounds from that explanation like you had incredibly high expectations because of all the, the memories you've made as a youngster yeah. but but living and playing in the polish league and sort of calling it a home away from home, that, yeah. that reality has lived up to your expectations and maybe even exceeded them. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's great on a volleyball level. It's just, it's just really great. And I feel um, like there's also differences in every competition you play in, um, as opposed to, for example, Italy, as opposed to uh, Poland, is, is different also in the, um, in the experiences uh, as a player, where... Um, in Poland, when you are an established player, you yeah you really are like up there and you really are respected and it's much more difficult to tear you down in the sense when you haven't been performing as uh, as well as like expected you know so I feel like pressure wise it's even like a little bit different in a sense. And, and what about the depth of the uh, like Polish domestic players? Because that, that's another thing I've heard before where. Like there's so many amazing Polish players that aren't don't even aren't even close to the national team, but they're still, yeah, still amazing. Like that's true. There's so many young players that that you see. Like there's this one generation. I don't exactly know what year they're from, but it's like Kochanowski and those yeah. kind of guys. Bartosz Folek and yeah, Folek and and um, what's the other guys? Yeah, there's a couple. Thomas Fornal. Yeah, Fornal and stuff. Yeah. That uh, you could definitely see that age category that won everything in like the youth um, competitions and stuff. Yeah, 2017 U21. Yeah, I think Some, they didn't even lose there. one single game or something. Yeah. Like so, yeah, you can see all those young players coming, like coming, playing amazingly, and then not 
making like the starting six in the national team or something. Um, and there's even players that I'm sure that like a lot of people in Europe don't even really know about because they're not in any like in their national team or whatever, but that are still from an from an, an amazing level, you know. So I think for them it's just also like the yeah the whole culture, the whole volleyball culture that like from a young age they're like looking up to all these stars and they're working extremely hard and they have really nice like ways of working with the youngsters they also have these like volleyball a volleyball school that is very like working very hard and very well um so you just see like the talent just keeps coming and coming and that's that's impressive you know from you mentioned when you were when you were talking about your, your expectations the the broadcast side of things and one of the things that really strikes me every time I go is the fact that the big games are proper television events. Like, I suppose in, in Canada, Dan, it would be ice hockey, or in the UK, it would be football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does, that, does that still seem quite special to you? And like where volleyball belongs, if you like, or do you still find it a little bit strange, even though you've been immersed in it for the last sort of four seasons? I think it... They, they do it the way it should be done, you know, where um, it's a great sport to watch also on TV. Um, and I heard from a lot of players who like, like explain me like, this is how uh, Polish volleyball also like went up. And they said the huge part was this Polsat sport, which was a broadcasting company that put literally put volleyball on the map uh, more and more and more in, uh, in Poland and also abroad, you know? So they said, they always say, the fact that we broadcast all these games and like a lot of people can watch them even online and stuff really like put a lot of attention on the league and also made it better, you know? So that was a huge factor, they always say. And I agree, it's, it's nice because everybody's watching everyone's games, you know, as a foreigner, you're in, a, you're in a, an apartment that the club mostly like uh, gives you. And, um, and there's always pulse at sport and you can watch all the games of all the other uh, players so you're really up to date of like the other results and you know the developments and stuff so that's 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 huge and I think it's a, a major uh, major thing that like made them successful you know or like be more popular as a as a competition well I always tell people that other than other than Champions League Eurovolley TV of course yeah. that uh, IPLA.TV uh, yeah. is a great you know great value purchase because it's like seven or eight dollars a month maximum and you get you get three or four games broadcast like hd like full everything whereas with maybe italy there's only the rise sport game broadcast once a week that's in like 1080p so yeah Yeah, it's like my family just has this uh we call it ip okay tv and uh and just like you can watch it from everywhere and it's super cheap i mean it's not expensive yeah compared to like Things in Belgium, like Poland, uh, things in Poland are considered pretty cheap for us. Like that, like it's, it's pretty cheap, uh, and still, it's great. You get a lot of value for what you what you pay for. You know. Mm-hmm. What I will say is, from a from a broadcasting perspective, because uh, when I go and do Champions League games over in Poland, it's actually a bit of a pain in the backside for me because usually there's not as much broadcast attention. So after the game. I can have my pick of the players, my pick of the coaches, go and do my interviews. But it's so it, it's so organized by comparison, like other sports in other countries. 
I can't get any players. I can't get any coaches because it's like, no, no, they do our TV. I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. great to see, you know, proper studio setup. You've got yeah. analysts, commentators, former yeah. players, presenters. Former players, uh, yeah, that's also yeah, really nice. It's amazing. And it, it, it's great to see. And, and hopefully more countries and more top leagues, yeah. whether, I don't know, it's Italy yeah. or Turkey or whatever, sort of see that as a as a viable plan to get people watching the Absolutely. sport. And, yeah, that's even like after playing in Poland and hearing what the players said about like you know how it also got bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. um, how it is broadcasting had a huge uh, influence on it. Uh, I also understand, and in Belgium, for example, they are trying to do the same. They are trying to like broadcast uh, the games. Just the fact that you can reach more people is also gonna maybe move more people to start playing volleyball and say, "Wow, this is cool! You're just reaching a broader audience," you know. And then, and then you have new generations coming up, maybe because, you know, everybody's watching TV, everybody uh, has internet uh, mm. and everything. So I think it's a huge influence. And I think that's what we should also try to do in, uh, in volleyball in general, you know, make it more accessible for a broader public, obviously, and not mm. only have soccer, for example, or for yeah. football. Particularly because of the nature of, of the sport, very often the top leagues... I mean, yourself as a Belgian playing in Poland are a real melting pot of nationalities and cultures. And I'd, I'd love. Do, do you know what, Dan? This is a this is a challenge for you and I. Maybe we can um, maybe we can go through the top leagues and see exactly how many different nationalities are playing in Poland or playing in in any of the other countries. Which brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, Thomas. So, looking across your your social media you seem to have made a lot of friends playing volleyball and you seem to really enjoy playing against them. Uh, why, why is that? Do you sort of play differently against people you know or do you just sort of treat it as one big volleyball family and it's a nice coming together? I mean, I guess kind of both because it's always nice to know somebody on the other side of the, of the net and just, uh, for example, when I'm playing against another Belgian, it's always like an kind of like an extra little uh, like friendly fight you're having, you know, or where you want to win. You want to show like, you know, I'm going to win this with my team here, you know. Mm. But Is there any uh, teammate in Pol or from Belgium that you played in Poland yeah. several times over the past? Yeah, uh, like uh, Sam Deroux was playing in uh, Zaxa for such a long time. So we've been playing uh, against each other for, for a couple of times for sure. And then, you know, every time you get blocked by one another or something, it's extra, you know, extra stimulating or, uh, yeah. So in that sense, but it's it's a great, like, in my opinion, uh, that's that's just really nice about uh, volleyball that it's also, in a sense, a little bit of an international family. You know, I like it. Um, getting to know all these other uh, people from different countries and different cultures. And uh, I've uh, already enjoyed, like, playing in so many different countries with different players from other nationalities so much because it really enriches you like so much you get other points of views and just great yeah, great personalities that you meet funny guys uh specific guys like so it's it's just an amazing life experience already just uh being able to play with all these different nationalities and i i do believe even in, in a life after volleyball it helps you uh to be further uh than like I don't know, maybe if I would have just gone to college and like started a job here in Belgium and stayed here. Or something. Well, I can empathize with that a bit because we have like in the office, we have over 20 nationalities as well. Wow. And from yeah, coming from Canada, where I mostly <laughs> interact with Canadians before, yeah. it's, I, I can definitely uh, see how it's a really 
growth growth experience. Yeah, and then there's always like one little extra that is always nice that if you uh, get to know somebody from a nice country, you always know where your next uh, holiday might <laughs> be. You know, if they live in a nice country where it's pretty sunny and stuff, you're like, you're my guy, you know? <laughs> of course. Well, now we're all starting to think about where we're going to go on our next big trips. Where are you? Where are you thinking? Where is on the on the map that you're looking forward to um, visiting? I definitely want to go to Greece one time. I, I also have a very good friend there, and I've only been for volleyball, but like for vacation, it's a uh, mm. pretty pretty epic place. But then last uh, last season, I also played with uh, Kavika Soji, who's uh, from Hawaii, you know. So we oh. definitely like. You know, before I didn't have a reason to go there, but now you know we have a, we had a really good connection with him and his wife uh, and his kid. So now it gives you a reason to like say, ah, maybe I should go to that place one time. You know, uh, we so, did a we did a podcast with a with a libero who I'm not going to name because the episode hasn't come out yet, and I don't like spoilers. But we talked to him, and he was actually in Hawaii, and he just sort of panned his camera around. I'm like, yeah. That if you're gonna make everyone think it was Eric Shoji now though. It was not Eric, it wasn't Eric Shoji. <laughs> oh it wasn't it wasn't Eric Sh Oh yeah, all right. That, that that makes it kind of a fun <laughs> game. Interesting. Like who's the mystery libero? <laughs> yeah, who's the mystery libero who's just hanging out in, in Hawaii? Uh, yeah, but although Greece, I it was it was for volleyball I went. I went to Thessaloniki and it was ah, oh, what a place. Yeah. So nice. Was it Pauk you played? Uh, no, we, we played with the national team. Ah, okay. But it was just for some qualification for the European mm -hmm. Championship, I think. Pauk's yeah. Arena is amazing. But what yeah. I found so, so weird, because it's this gorgeous big indoor arena, like big bowl, huge thing. And I was sat in my commentary position and the players were starting to come in, just sort of tap in, doing a little bit of last minute research. And I was like, what? what's that? People smoke People in the arena. The there are yeah. ashtrays in the really? seats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was I'm sort of looking around, like thought I was in some kind of parallel universe. <laughs> it was so oh, strange. I've already heard crazy stories about like Greece and also Greece at when they were, you know, before the crisis and stuff. When they were still one yeah. of the biggest leagues, um, there was one uh, like legendary setter, Belgian setter, Frank de Pestela, mm -hmm. who played there in Thessaloniki for a couple of years, and he. He used to come back to Belgium and tell us stories about stuff that happened during the games where, you know, you're like standing at the service line and people are throwing like coins at you and like, <laughs> oh, wow. 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 But then again, if you, it's all about the stories sometimes, isn't it? Maybe not that wild, but, okay. but all about the stories nonetheless. Yeah. But, but just going back to the traveling thing. Do you think it's important for players from countries like Belgium to pack a suitcase and, go and play somewhere else because particularly now with Rousselare playing well and getting to the, the knockouts in the Champions League there might be the temptation for young Belgian players to to sort of stay at home so do you think it's important to to still go and play elsewhere oh yeah of course of course for sure um even playing in Rousselare as a team I felt like those Champions League games playing against these different like countries and then club teams like Kazan and then and then Vesovia and this and that you just like I felt like the, our coach who was my dad and the team we learned like so much like okay this is their style of playing you know and you have to adapt to a different style of playing and then this club team like you know see how good they do this and this is their huge advantage like you can learn so much from this 
it was so like we learned so much from it we didn't always win because we played a lot of really really strong teams but you learn just so much already uh as a volleyball player playing those teams from other um other countries like i said you know poland is more like this italy is more like this in my opinion uh the style of playing so in that sense already like having those champions league games is a uh, huge for you as a player um but then for sure to to play abroad in my opinion for sure as a belgian player is uh an absolute necessity like because we don't grow up in a country where they have uh, a competition uh like poland or italy or something um so you have to like you know kind of see the world in a sense when it comes to volleyball because it will uh the more inputs you have the more you can learn from and uh the more you see oh this is also possible you know maybe you're just like we can only do this but then you certainly like suddenly seeing all these players doing different things and then it just makes you better as a player so i think it's an absolute necessity if you want to really try to achieve the best you can you can ever do like to, to play abroad you know mm -hmm. and that's only talking about volleyball i for me the, the life experience is also extremely important you know and you learn so much on a personal level as well and on a mental level you know even living in another country you know away from your family and friends having those difficulties after a lost game and stuff mentally it also uh you know it also does something to you where you feel like okay i'm also learning a lot here and it's not always easy yeah, a hundred percent. So, are you are you at risk of upsetting the coaches now in Rosolari for the benefit of the national team, where all the young Belgians are like, maybe you should try Poland, maybe you should, maybe you should try Italy, just deconstructing that team that they've well, got. No, I, I I don't think so because I I think it's for uh, for every player or every coach from Belgium when they see a player leave abroad, it's like they they are proud of their players. At least I'd like to hope so. Uh, because every like everybody in Belgium is aware that we have an, a couple of teams that are really good, like Mazek and Husselaar and Lenik. Yeah. Um, they're really good, but they also know that they are not the like the absolute top in Europe or something when it comes to Champions League, etc. So when they see a young a young like player trying to achieve greatness, I think they will be proud of it and supportive, you know. Do you kind of keep your eye on how all of the other Belgian players are doing well around Europe? So obviously you're doing very well. Sam's over in Russia now. You've got Britt Herbots in the women's team who seems to be doing exceptional things. She's, she's, she's a remarkable talent. So do you sort of keep your eye on your country mates and see how they're doing? Yeah, I mean, of course, because it's such a small little family as well, you know. Um, everybody knows everyone. Mm -hmm. a little bit so you're keeping up through social media and sometimes uh just like you know checking in with someone um i have to say like women's volleyball i don't follow that much like just like kind of like my sister uh mm -hmm. i follow but of course like all the players playing abroad we're just like yeah following each other and uh and seeing you know what everyone's doing and then always excited to come back to national team and see how people, uh, you know, developed as players and how their experience was in, in this team and in that team and the stories, etc., is always fun. Hmm. Are there any other uh, Belgians in Poland this year? Um, so there is uh, Igor Grobelny. Oh, he's right. half Polish, half Belgian, but he's playing for our Belgian national team, uh, who is in Warsaw. There was Kevin Klinkenberg, um, who is... Uh, I, I You're know. taking a spot, right? I don't know uh, if he's going to stay in uh, in Poland or not, but I think there is a 
pretty big chance he might stay as well. And then last year, there was also uh, Peter Brees, the middle blocker, um, who did have a lot of problems with his knee after a serious surgery. But um, is there someone I'm missing? Yeah, there was Sam before. No, I think that's, that's about it. Uh, yeah. So a, a, good enough, a good enough presence you're representing in the league. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the match days then, because... I've never experienced, certainly volleyball fans, but arguably sports fans quite like the Polish volleyball yeah. fans. Um, what's it like for you, firstly, to have them on your side and then to have them against you? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, they're so known for this, you know, Polish yeah. volleyball, they're extremely well known for their uh, fans, but in my opinion, uh, in the most positive way, because mm. they're super supportive. I feel like they're rarely like very aggressive, like maybe like in football or something, or they're like, they're always pretty happy in my opinion, you know, and very respectful in my, like in my experience towards the other team as well. Maybe because I don't understand all the Polish words <laughs> or something, I don't know. But uh, yeah, they're just a really great example of, uh, of good fans, for sure, when you look at the national team. Um, and they're always, uh, I feel like they're just so happy to come to the games and, and support their teams. And it just makes it so much more interesting as a player to, you know, play in a, in a gym, like, filled, like, with all these crazy fans that are just, like, cheering and yelling. And it gives you some pressure. But those moments you'll remember forever, you know, if oh. there's, a, there's games like that. But surely it adds a bit more pressure when, say, you're away at Zaxa and you're on the service line, and you've got all the boos and the whistles and this cacophony of noise. How do you sort of concentrate on delivering that serve? Yeah, it's just more of a, more about, don't really think about it. You know, you have to do it. You have to do it. Maybe sometimes uh, you'll be a little scared or, or whatever, or stressed, <laughs> but uh, there's no other way. You know, you just play the game like you've always played it and, and then you have those circumstances. And I guess after a while, you get more used to those circumstances. You can only imagine the Polish national team, how much more they are used, for example, to playing the, uh, in front of the, these big crowds where they're like being yelled at and stuff because they're just getting used to it, I guess. And the more you play uh, in front of those big crowds, the more stress resistant you're probably going to be and be able to just like keep a clear head and stuff. Um, yeah, but I have to say that for a player playing in Poland is like absolutely like a huge bonus, you know, those fans, everybody likes it, you know, as a player, even if sometimes it gives you some extra stress, you just, you want to play in those leagues where, where you feel like the fans are, are a huge part of the game as well, you know? Well, I suppose... For you, it's kind of the dream, really, because you've gone through the volleyball school and, and the whole time you've thought, oh, maybe, you know, is this going to be what it is? And, and now you're there. You're in that, you're in that league. That's your, that's your life. That's yeah. Pretty yeah, awesome, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty epic. Uh, definitely, like, being able to, to play there. And obviously, it always takes time to, like, make your own name a little bit. Like, you know, earn the respect of, like, I guess the league or the players and stuff. Um, but after playing there for a while and having a couple of pretty successful seasons, you feel like you start to be respected uh, by, by all the other players and kind of have your place in the league or something, which is 
just yeah amazing you know uh, for me it has always been one of the best leagues in in maybe in the world uh, always a league that I've been uh, looking up to so yeah if I can stay here of course like you know I want to play there as, as long as I can um, to just to just have all those experiences you know those crazy crazy games So, so obviously the Plus League, like extremely competitive league, top to bottom. You know, you're fighting for a playoff spot, fighting to avoid uh, relegation. But, but a pretty tough season, obviously, last season with Rosovia. I think myself, as long as a lot of other people, you know, saw the talent on paper and you were like, okay, this is a team that's going to compete, you know, yep. close to the top of the league. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Can you give us any insight or as to what, what kind of happened there? Yeah, well, so... Um... Rosovia is a very well-known club uh, all over Europe and has a, a, an amazing history as a volleyball club. But the last couple of years, uh, the results have been pretty um, disappointing. Um, but honestly, like despite, despite the results, it is still uh, a club that, that holds like a huge reputation and a lot of respect. And it's an honor to be able to play for a club like that. Um, so I, uh, I also signed in uh, Resovia because also the coach I was, I was working with in Katowice also signed in uh, Resovia. And normally I wasn't going to go, but um, he said, like, Thomas, I want you there. I want to work together and I see a place for you in the team. Um, so then I signed there. Uh, but I arrived also with a knee problem after the European Championship. So I started the season off with a, with a surgery, which was... Uh, which is never like helping you, you know, definitely at the beginning of the season. So individually it was kind of like first, first catching up, getting back into like the right shape and getting healthy. Um, but by then our results were already like uh, not, not, not very good. Um, and in, and in a club as in Resovia, I always say it is um, when you win there, it is the best feeling ever. You are, you go to the mall or you go to the center and, people come up to you and like congratulate you and so it's the best place to win but it's also the worst place to lose because there's really high expectations you know and there's a lot of pressure on the team because um, it's a very professional organization and I feel like the last years it's been really hard for the team uh, and for the club to to cope with some difficulties um, and uh, so yeah for that it was it was definitely not a successful season uh, for our team because the expectations were way higher. Um, but you also learn from those situations, you know, you also learn, um, you also get to see how people react in the, in the worst scenarios and where you're losing a couple of uh, times, etc. And then, you know, you have to take the good uh, experiences or the, the, the good lessons from those negative uh, moments and take them with you, um, which we weren't really able to do, in my opinion, as a team. Um, but I definitely take like a lot from that season, even if it wasn't the most successful one for the future. So talk us through uh, your new club, Suvaki. So it's only their second season ever competing in the Plus Liga. Yeah. So, so I guess relatively unknown, but you know, I think did fairly well for, for their first season last year. Yeah. Did you talk to anyone uh, about the team? Do you know any of the coaches, maybe some of the players that used to play there? How did how, you get in touch with Suvaki? Well, the like mostly we work with agents and if they're interested in you they contact your agent but um i know uh takfam 
the middle blocker, Andreas Tarkham, Norwegian middle blocker. I played with in Friedrichshaven already. Was a, uh, is, is a good friend of mine. And he's still going to play there next year. So obviously I had some contact with him and you try to get as much information as you can about the team you're, you might sign for. Um, but yeah, they've been doing really great. Like it was their first year in Plus Liga and they were in the running for playoffs and then Corona happened. Um, and also like going to play there, like I saw like the gym and everything, the organization and stuff all looked like like very, very well and very professional. So I had a good experience just even like going to play there with Resovia. So this looks like a pretty fun place to play. Um, and then obviously I've been calling a lot with uh, my coach, uh, Koval. Um, and he, you know, explained me a little bit about the club, etc. And also what the goals are, individual goals. And even now in, we're practicing with the national team, he, he is talking to me about certain individual goals that uh, that are important for me as a player. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited about it because uh, they're just like, I like when you're in a project that is uh, that is like on the rise, you know, that is doing something, uh, something maybe above average um, and they're still like in the beginning phase. So I'm excited about it. Mm. With, with it being such a, a new team and, and such a sort of new project as you describe it, how do you think that'll affect sort of the the fans that you attract because you know you talk about some of the older clubs with a, with a more established fan yeah, base yeah. are you still expecting it to have that feel that you've become so used to playing in Poland uh you, yeah for sure like playing there the fans were were pretty intense in uh, in Suwałki and uh, I think it's more like you know there this this part of Poland uh, Suwałki is not really that close to any bigger cities so it's a lot of people from the region that are just extremely happy that they have a team in the plus Liga yeah. and those fans were as crazy as the other fans I am used to of Belchatov or, or Zaksa or Sovia or something uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's going to be great it's actually like every different team in Poland has their own fan base yeah. And they were all, in a, in a sense, a little different, but in another sense, all as crazy as <laughs> another, you know, when it comes to cheering and, uh, yeah. Perfect. Well, you, met, you said the word crazy there. Are there any of the teams in Poland that you think have the <clears throat> craziest fan base or the sort of most intense or intimidating fans? Oh, there is one team, uh, Zawierce. That's where Peter Vries play, uh, plays, and they played in a in a pretty small gym compared to other Polish gyms. Uh, it's pretty small. It's super. It gets super hot in there, and those fans are really like crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> they really go for it. Like um, all these songs and what they're doing. Even when you're going to the service line, they're like reading their newspaper. They all have a newspaper and they're just like you know, trying to distract you and stuff. Um, so it's like it's well known when you go to play there it's it's really hard you know because that team can get in the flow and then there those fans just you know go at it and it's that's definitely a hard one you know because of the gym and because of the fans and stuff it's cool. but it always looked like they had like this small stanchion area right behind the service line yeah, that exactly. always seemed like yeah. the most difficult part if you go and serve there then yeah they're like right in your ear. Different. It's a different experience. 
Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, I, I love stuff like that. The, the newspaper thing is just, yeah. just brilliant. So and then they start like imitating the ref uh, and this. Oh. Polish fans have always been creative like that, though. Because it was their football fans. that it, Was it in Poznan who used to turn around? Like everyone in the everyone in the stand used to um, sort of turn away from the play. It's maybe the maybe the Polish are the driving force of fan creativity. I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, Dan, shall we try a mystery man? Mystery man. Yes. So we have a uh, mystery man, Thomas. Yeah. No, no, same one. Same one. But but we have some more information. So what's the clue? Which country are you from? Uh, from Russia. Russia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You have already had a guess in episode one that we had with you, Thomas. Do you want to stick or, or do you want to change your guess now you know it's the Russian? Well, I'm going to change it. Uh, okay. And I'm going to change it to uh, Muzerski. Aha, the great Mazursky. Well, we can neither confirm nor deny. You'll Wait, have to tune I, I have in. I a guess too. Oh, I you've got a guess. guess. I mean, yeah. I haven't got a guess because I was there. Dan, so, I'm so sorry, mate. I, I just assume because you've got the clues, you know, but you don't. It's Mystery Man. No, no, um, I don't know. Okay, yet. what's your guess? I think uh, Artem Volvich, the uh, middle blocker from Russia. Oh, yeah. He's Russian, about, the, about yeah. the same height. He was on Big that Olympic time. Big yeah. shoe size. <laughs> yeah, that's my guess. Okay. Well, stay tuned. Also, if you've got any guesses, listeners, use the hashtag Let Volleyball Talk. Get your guesses in. And are you guys right? Uh, in fact, Thomas, your final episode, because this is episode two of three, will be the big reveal. And we'll awesome. find out if you were right all along awesome. or not. Nice. Uh, okay. Well, amidst all the technical difficulties and me going to the barbers for the first time in four months. Uh, a couple of questions to finish then. Um, have you got anything in Poland, in the Plus Liga, that you really want to achieve? Obviously, I would love to end in the top four mm -hmm. and maybe like, you know, one day uh, fight for a Polish championship because a championship is always huge. Cup final would also be huge. Um, but yeah. It just depends, you know, from season to season. But I guess everybody wants to wants to be, you know, top. Wants to be maybe like win a championship one day. Exciting. Um, and yeah, who knows? Particularly with this new project. Goodness me. Um, and we talked about sort of Belgian club volleyball. You, what, what do you know? You're 26? 26, yeah. 26. Gosh, so young. How old are you, Dan? I turned 27 like two weeks ago. Oh, goodness oh, nice. me. Wait till you guys get to 30. Honestly, that's where the fun really starts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, hope, well, you've got, you've got a lot of great volleyball in Poland still to play. Could you ever see yourself going back to Belgium to play? Um, I mean, who knows, you know? It's, I, I think every player kind of, uh, you know, wants to finish their career in a sense. Mm. Or not every player, but maybe a lot of players where you started or something that would be kind of cool uh i always you know had a nice connection with russelara and you know who knows even last summer um they were in trouble in the playoff finals and i already finished my season and one guy got injured and they needed a medical joker and they called me 
And I was like, I mean, if I can help, I, I want to try it because, you know, my heart in Belgium has always been uh, with the Rousselaar, with that team. So who knows? Maybe one day I'll, I'll go back. It's a, it's a great place to, to play. Um, but I'm not thinking about that like right now yet, you know, mm. but it will be fun, I think. My dream is to always like is finish my career as a setter, you know. I want to play oh. somewhere as a setter. <laughs> I setter. love that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that is a legitimate Ace Space exclusive. Tom so, wow. Russo. Awesome. Do you know, I was about to say before you before you gave us your dream, I was about to say, Dan, can we agree that Thomas has just been the perfect podcast guest and this has been such a good episode? And then you've just dropped that bomb <laughs> on us. That is so good. <laughs> That's the dream of every spiker, I guess. But I really feel like I'd be a, a pretty decent setter. So, you know, one day, who okay, knows? Okay, okay. I feel if as no... wants me as a setter <laughs> in a couple of years. Oh, I feel as though spikers move into setter at the end of their career. You'd really use that as leverage as well. You'd be like, um, well, actually, how much do you want the ball on a Saturday? That's going to cost you. Oh, yeah, what? Well, Namir, you have Namir, the power, you know? Taking bribes from middle blockers who want looks <laughs> of sets. <laughs> there's, there's lots of spikers going to setter, but I, I don't know if there's been many uh, wing spikers going to going the other way. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, yeah. I know. It's well, watch this yeah. space then. Oh, I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. <laughs> um, Thomas, we're going to leave you go now. Uh, Dan, have you got any messages from HQ before we do sign off? Just remember, guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, leave a good review on yes. iTunes. That really helps us out. Uh, that's it, yeah. Amazing. Uh, Thomas, this is the second of three episodes. We're looking to cover everything. Um, and I very much look forward to welcoming you back because this has been such a great chat. Um, enjoy yourselves, guys, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. You too. You too. Good luck at the bar. See you guys. Bye. See you guys. Ciao. See you, mate. Bye.